Welcome to the Awesome Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with Terry McBride, T McBee, as we get ready for Wednesday Hump Days, September 16th slate. And of course, we have baseball all over the place. So we're just going to talk about all the pitching matchups. Looks like um, a solid uh, main slate, once again, no basketball. Uh, we have a nine-game main slate. We've got some early one o'clock games. We've got some three o'clock games. There's five o'clock game. There's some six o'clock games. Everything's everywhere. So we're just going to hit on all the pitching matchups. Terry, how are, how are you doing after? Uh, it, yeah, I see your uh, your Yankees are are crushing tonight. Yeah, my Yankees came out uh, on fire. Something about getting Gio Urshela and uh, Gio Stanton back in that lineup, I guess, uh, really really set the team ablaze. But, yeah, they came out firing tonight. And, uh, unfortunately, I don't think I have enough of them in my lineups, but hopefully some people out there got to them and uh, some of our uh, our listeners out there are doing well tonight, doing a little better than I am tonight. We'll so, through, through six innings, 16 runs, Stanton is 0 for 3. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the Everybody else has a hit and a run scored. He does not. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're pitching around him. They're letting everybody else hit. They're focused on him. They want to get him out. That's the only thing they're focused on. That's why. <laughs> and congratulations. They're doing that just fine. All right. First pitching matchup that we are going to talk to is not on all the sites. We talked about it. It's Austin Voth. And Josh Fleming, it's the Washington Nationals in Tampa Bay. This is the 1 o'clock game. It looks like it's going to be a single game on DraftKings, and it will be part of the, it looks like the all-day slate on FanDuel. Um, we've seen both have some okay outings and some crappy outings. And by okay, I mean mediocre at best. Josh Fleming working his way, uh, I don't know, do we even say working his way into the rotation? Auditioning for some sort of role next year. Uh, but looks like he's he's a keeper in the majors. What do you want to do with our our first pair of pitchers? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's you know, probably the right way to put it with the Rays. You never know what the role's really going to be, but uh, I think he's going to he's kind of proven himself uh, the lefty kid. So doing pretty well. Uh, he's given up five home runs in his nineteen and two thirds. Uh, this is Fleming we're talking about. Ten point five percent swinging strike, a little above average, uh, which is around what he was in the minors. Uh, 17% uh, strikeout rate with a 4.5% walk rate uh, from high A through triple A in the minors. So not a huge, huge strikeout guy. Uh, going up against the Nats, their 242 ISO is third in the league against lefties, uh, 136 WRC plus, only strikeout 19.3% of the time. They could be a little bit more patient. They uh, only walk 6.6% of the time. But it's just not a great strikeout upside spot. Uh, not a killer spot for the kids. So I would probably stay away from Fleming. Uh, it's a short slate, though. So it's a uh, well, the one game around DK. He's probably the better rock. Uh, well, you don't need a pitcher. But, uh, yeah, so we don't have to worry about that. But uh, he would be the better option out of these two. But on the three-gamer on, uh, on FanDuel, I don't think we need him. Um, so I, I would probably lean more into the Nationals' bats there. I don't really like anything about both on the other side of this one. 21.5% uh, strikeout rate, 1.93 home runs per nine, uh, 11 home runs allowed in his 32 and two thirds inning, just 8.8% swinging strike rate, a below average. Gives up power to both hands so far this year. Seven of those home runs came to righties, uh, 11, uh, four of them came to lefties. So not a pitcher I really like to get to. And the Rays, pretty good against righties, 189 ISO, 107 WRC plus. Uh, 25.5% strikeout rate, so they do strike out. 
but he doesn't strike out, out that many people. So I like the race side of that one as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, both 799 ERA right now. 0, 0 and 5 does not have a win. Shame, shame. Uh, heading on to the next game, 310. This one is in Coors Field. It is Mike Fires going against Herman Marquez. We have uh, 5.8 implied run total for the Athletics going against Marquez. And then we have uh, 6.3 for the Rockies going against the A's. However, Major League Baseball probable pitchers page, I love their analytics here. Their an- analytics department works overtime on this one. Fires may not have a flashy ERA at 5.06, but the A's like their chances whenever he takes the mound. Oakland is 7-2 and two in games Fires has started this season. <laughs> so much actionable data here. What would you like to do with that? <laughs> so we have, based on that, we just fire away with Fires, right? That's it. Done. Problem. Done deal. Uh, yeah, no, do not play Fires. Uh, obviously being a little facetious there. Uh, I do not think he's in a good spot here. His primary out pitch and his really the only strikeout pitch and swing and miss pitch that he has is a curveball. We know that curveballs don't play well at Coors Field. He doesn't have much of an arsenal beyond that. Uh, just a 5.8, excuse me, 5.8% swinging strike rate this year. Uh, 20.6% strike rate, strikeout rate overall. Giving up eight home runs in his 48 innings. Just not a good arsenal for Coors Field. Not a very good pitcher at this point. So uh, regardless of how frequently the A's win, I think I would probably stay away from him. I don't know how much Rockies I'll get to. Uh, it's They're not great, great against right-handed pitching by any means. But Coors Field is Coors Field, so that'll be the determining factor there. Overall, uh, 21st in baseball, 159 ISO, uh, just a 90 WRC plus of 10% below average against righties. Strikeout 23.2% of the time and only walk 7.9%. So the offense isn't great, but again, we know who the good hitters are in that stack. They might trend a little bit under-owned if people get excited about fires for whatever reason or if they're uh, just pricey. So you could maybe get into that, on, uh, especially on a short slate. There's only so many options. So I would mind the popularity, though, of course. You know who gets excited for fires? Oh. Beavis. Fires, fires, <laughs> fires. <laughs> Sorry, it just makes me think of that cartoon every time I see him. Or you never bring that back again. Oh my gosh, are they really? Yeah. yeah, Mike Judge is involved, so hopefully it'll be good. He never really screws anything up, but I think this is the second or third time they brought it back now. Oh, it could be. I remember when it came out, gosh, that was probably like 90-something 90, 90 maybe? 89, like 90, 90, 91? 93 maybe? I, I would, I'd go maybe a little later, right? like 92, 93 maybe, because it was like in the grunge arrow like you were right in that phase i'm, I'm now quickly looking it up while you google that i'll talk about marquez on the other side oh 1993 you, you good call there good call so with uh with marquez who uh, may or may not be a beavis and butthead fan we're not quite sure we always talk about his exit at home when he pitches of course uh, it's down to 337 it's improved so far this year uh it's that's against a 512 era so he pitches better under the surface than uh, what we see, uh, you know, on the back of the baseball card. At home, his uh, strikeout rate is 24.7. Uh, overall, he strikes out 28.2% of right-handed hitters, uh, just 19.9% of lefties. So excellent against righties. Um, the A's, 14th in baseball with a 179 ISO, 106 WRC plus against righties is a little above average. 23.3% strikeout rate. Uh, they're a little bit patient though with an 11.3% walk. So it's an interesting setup in the split with the field, with the park factors. I could see him having a good game here. Striking out a good handful of hitters is 
fair amount of righties on this team, but Coors Field, always Coors Field. We always got to consider that. So uh, kind of a take it or leave it spot with Marquez. Uh, very curious to see how we would rank out if we're doing uh, top pitchers for that uh, short slate. All right, on to our next one here. We've got the Dodgers in San Diego. We don't have implied run totals. I do know that Dustin May is going for the Dodgers. He actually had no strikeouts in his last appearance. Of course, he only went one inning there. That's kind of the joke. Uh, I think he had a comebacker off his lower leg, his shin or his foot or something like that. So it kind of knocked him out early. He's done a bullpen session. They say he's good to go. Um, this will be the third time he has faced the uh, the Padres. He uh, faced them in early August, both times in, in a home and away uh, there. Uh, that was before they added in their extra bats. So just putting a little context around that tough matchup. We still don't know what's going on with his strikeouts. On the other side, we have Joey Lucchese, who will be making his third start. He got uh, bounced down to the alternative, the alternate training site at the beginning of August. And he is coming back now almost seven weeks later. He uh, got bounced because he allowed an 8.4 ERA through his two starts, got really knocked around. To be fair, one was in Coors Field, so come on, give the guy a break. But 6,300, short slate, uh, what do you want to do with uh, this pair of pitchers here? On DraftKings, this is the, we, the version where we play two pitchers of the six that we're talking about. So yeah, with that in mind on a short slate, I, I guess he's probably a little bit in play. He's never a pitcher I like to roster, but uh, you've got very limited options here. Um, Dodgers, just a 151 ISO against lefties, but a 98 WRC plus. So the run creation is kind of there, even though the power is not necessarily there. They only strike out 21.8% of the time and they walk 11.8% of the time. I feel like it's going to be a problem spot for him overall. Is uh, in his five and third innings over those two starts, he's got a 5.20 xFIP. Uh, he had a 15.2% swinging strike rate going, but his uh, career is around 10.5. I would expect that to immediately regress. I didn't spot anything that he was doing uh, overly different in the very, very small sample there. Uh, not sure what might have gone on for him at summer camp, whether he's coming back right, whether he's going to have uh, any kind of length on, uh, when he makes this start. So. It's a dicey proposition, but again, amongst limited options, knowing that the Dodgers are not necessarily the powerful Dodgers, I guess maybe you could roll it out in, uh, in some limited deployments. And then uh, May on the other side, you mentioned it. I was surprised by the strikeout numbers. They're, uh, they're not where I thought they would be when we saw them really, really firing away. Uh, and it was actually against these Padres early in the year where he had those just sick two-seamers uh, to Manny Machado uh, to freeze him. Um <clears throat> But so far, uh, it's just a 16.6% uh, strikeout rate, 7.8% uh, swinging strike rate. So that's uh, 28 strikeouts in 41 and two-thirds innings. So not really sitting guys down like we expected, but still a quality pitcher. Uh, 399X FIP uh, to a 3180 ERA so far this year, uh, so far for his career. This year, it's 424 to a 281 ERA. Um, so not pitching quite as well, maybe, as the uh, back of the baseball card looks, but still excellent stuff. Uh, good curveball, uh, swing and miss uh, pitch. So we could see him return to form here. But again, it's one I would be a little bit cautious with uh, just because we're not sure about what's going on with him right now. Yeah. And for, for those of you wondering, when the 16% the strikeout rate, that works out to about six and a half, a little under six and a half per nine. So for perspective, in, let's throw out his last start because he only went one inning. In the other eight starts, he has five or more strikeouts twice. 
He has five once and he has eight once. That was the start Terry was talking about. That's not that many. So we just want to be cognizant of that um, as we're looking at our guys. It's it's there. We're hoping he puts it all together because he's got the stuff. He's got to learn how to sequence it, figure it out. But this is not the easiest team to, to suddenly have it all come together again, especially seeing them for the third time. Our final pair of pitchers here, Brandon Woodruff. Uh, he was masterful in his last one, went seven clean innings, one hit, no walks, 12 strikeouts. Pretty solid. Uh, then we've got uh, recent birthday boy, Adam Wainwright, the 39-year-old. Uh, has uh, Let's see, since his, his birthday performance, which he was a, a nine-inning uh, complete game, two runs on one home run, got the victory. 122 pitches. He's got 95 pitches and 99 pitches in the two after that. That makes him above 97 pitches in each of his last five. 8,400. We know, and we've pointed this out, Milwaukee, not that great against righties. What are they going to do with with, uh, Wainwright? First time they've seen him this year, they're no stranger to him throughout his career, of course. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know if we've built up any trust with Wayno, uh, you know, as he's aging to. Uh, We're 39. running out of time. <laughs> We're running out of time. So yeah, we had it way back in the day, but uh, yeah, this version of Wayno, I don't really, uh, really trust with much. Uh, this game wasn't on the slates that I put together, so I'm just taking a peek at uh, some Statcast stuff. Wayno's sitting uh, 49th percentile in uh, hard hit rate, 56th in uh, exit below, 25th percentile in strikeout rate, and uh, 42nd percentile in whiff. So it's whatever he's getting done on the surface with the, the 291 ERA so far in his seven starts, 35 strikeouts and 45. And it's just kind of a loser, I think. Um, not doing anything exceptionally different, not doing anything stand out well. His curveball is getting a 35% whip so far. And uh, it looks like around the same pitch that it was when it was getting significantly less than that last year and the two years before that. So, I feel like that's going to regress back to what it's been rather than where it was five, six years ago when it was amazing, that curveball. Uh, so I think in limited fashion, short game, short slate, you could probably roll out some Brewers bats here. We saw them explode today against a much, much better pitcher. So I think there's uh, there's some upside there. Woodruff on the other side, like you said, pitching very, very well. I think he'd be the class of uh, that short slate for sure. Uh, sitting 84th percentile in strikeout rate. Uh, limiting hard contact, 84th percentile exit velo, 75th in hard hit rate. Uh, nice, nice mix of pitches. Uh, throws the sinker 30% of the time. Gets excellent whiff on uh, two different breaking balls. Change up in a, in a slider, uh, both uh, two out pitches for him. So really like the stuff. Really like the makeup of the guy. What was his price? I didn't. Uh... Uh, sorry, I've closed it. I don't think we even care, to be honest. Yeah. He's, he's the class of that three gamer. All right, now we got a two-gamer. This is our two 640 games. Uh, DK going with the one pitcher we have in our first game. Well, in the game we're talking about first, they both start at 640. We have Luis Castillo going against Pittsburgh. JT Brubaker on the other side. Uh, Castillo much improved against lefties. Uh, If you look at this year's figures only, if you go back to 2018, he's like seemingly every other Reds pitcher. Uh, it's a problem. He has just been outstanding. The strikeouts are there. Uh, he's limiting the runs. Everything's looking good for him. Nice matchup against Pittsburgh. JT Brubaker, on the other hand, we never know what we're going to get. It's the life is a box of chocolates. Uh, nothing exciting with him, and I really don't like the matchup against Cincinnati. 
in the Great American Ballpark. And then the other two, we've got uh, Trevor Rogers, who went negative in his last start, lasted three innings, gave up nine runs, eight earned to the Phillies, two home runs, got negative five. Time before that, he shut down Tampa Bay uh, with 10 strikeouts. So he's kind of all over the place. And then we're either going to get 31-year-old, still a rookie, Mike Kickham, or it's potentially Chris Massa starting for Boston. Not really interested in either of those guys. We've got a quartet of turkeys here. Well, I guess Luis Castillo's really not. It's Castillo and everybody else. Anything you want to add to that? Or shall we dive into the main slate? I think you hit it on the head. You got Castillo driving a turkey truck. Load up the driver. <laughs> don't, don't play the turkeys. Uh, Rogers could be he's somewhat interesting. Uh, he's, he's got a little bit of pedigree on him, but uh, I, I don't know that he's uh, necessarily ready for prime time. So I don't know that I would trust it. Um, and the stuff is, he's like a mid-grade uh, kind of a guy. So I don't know. His ETA was 2021, just looking at some of the prospect reporting um, through, he went to, up to double A is his uh, experience level. Mid-20 strikeout rate in double A, uh, only 8.1% walk. And he was uh, a decent swinging strike rate. So he's got, like I said, he's got okay-ish stuff, but I don't know how well it's going to play at the major league level yet. Uh, and it doesn't look like he's got a really strong out pitch yet. He's got a good fastball, decent changeup, but the breaking ball is not quite there yet. So probably needs to cook a little longer before he's really going to be ready. So I think it's all about Castillo on that short slate, especially since you only need one. Yeah, and actually that's a good reminder. A lot of the – and to be fair, a lot of these pitchers, they're, they're, they were in double-A last year. There is no minor leagues this year. They're making the jump just because why not? And then they get the double whammy. It's not the September call-ups, watered-down lineups. We're in the middle of a pennant race for everybody, or you know, making the playoffs at least for for the majority of the teams. Yeah, so it, it's not like we're we're. Plus, then nobody's really cheap like they have been two and three years ago, where you just get oh, I'm going to get a five thousand dollar pitcher. Oh, nice, he's going against the the hangover lineup because this team clinched last night, and let's go, baby, we're going to see double-digit strikeouts. That's not happening this year because everybody's, you know, every game still counts uh, for the most part. So that's that's just uh, something to remember that why we, gosh, we haven't seen the rookies do very well this year. And I'm guilty of it, too. It's like, yeah, this is a year unlike any other. Yeah, a lot of accelerated promotions. And like you hit it right there. I mean, and without the minor leagues, I feel like a lot of teams are just, hey, we got to get these kids innings, these top prospects. We don't want them to lose a year off their off their and off their development. So they're calling them up and, and rolling the dice that they won't do damage to their psyches by getting them beat up. So, All right. Stuff. Speaking of damage to their psyches here, we've got, uh, let's see, the Heat just won in overtime. Wow. Uh, so there we are on that. The Nuggets and Clippers are tied 24-all at the end of the first. The Yankees are now up 19-3. to so that uh, walks us right in here to our uh, 705 game on the main slate. Tanner Roark, former Washington National, going against the Yankees. Garrett Cole on the other side. Oh, I need to look. How many home runs did Cole give up in his last outing? None. He gave up zero for the first time this year. Still on pace for, I don't know, uh, let's do the quick math. Six. He's on pace for, for about, oh, it's come down a little bit, about 49 or so home runs somewhere between depending on how many innings you want to say you're going to give him between 49 and 53 he's no madison bumgarner 9900 <laughs> the strikeouts were there in this last start nine of them they've been there all season 79 and 59 innings he's going against toronto's toronto gonna 
Are they going to wake up the bats after their ass kicking on Tuesday night? What do you want to do here? Because I don't want to play Tanner Roark. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that one. I think even Tanner Roark is not going to win any Tanner Roark tomorrow. Multiple uh, home runs in three of his last four games. Roark, yeah. you had a lot of good years for us with the Nationals. I commend <laughs> you. I tip my cap, good sir, but I'm not playing you on Wednesday. You, you ate a lot of innings in your career, and you're full, sir. It's time. So he's uh, – yeah, he, he's not on the board for me. Uh, he is getting an 11% swinging strike, strike rate, slightly above average, but uh, 5.68 x fifth this year in his 35 and a third innings, uh, just just not in play. You, you touched on all the uh, important things about him there, so not really worried. Yankees sixth in baseball with 53 homers against righties this year, 195 ISO, 107 WRC+. plus. They got Stanton back. They got Urshela back. Judges on his way back. Not sure if he'll be there tomorrow but the lineup's coming back together. We saw what they did today, like Emac was just mentioning. So I think the story is very much on the other side. Uh, I think I can load up on some good cool here. I don't worry about the home runs. There's usually not anybody on base when they go out of the park. So it's usually minimal damage to them. Um, I have no real issues with uh, anything that he's doing as far as his, his pitch mix, his stuff, uh, any you know, changes that he's made are minimal. So it's just some blippy contact, uh, some blippy home runs. Nothing to worry about there. A 3-4-3 XFIP uh, to his 3-2 OERA this year. 15.9% swinging strike rate. Four dominant pitches uh, that all generate swing and miss. Blue Jays are a good team. They're ninth in baseball with a 184 ISO, 106 WRC+. plus. Strikeout 22.3% of the time against righties. Walk 9.9% of the time. So they're a good little lineup, but it's Garrett Cole. I think he can blow through these guys, rack up some strikeouts. Yankees are going to be primed to give them a win here uh, against a, a lousy pitcher. So you get a lot of win equity and the price is down only 9,900 on DraftKings for Garrett Cole. Forget it. That's, that's kind of a no brainer. Uh, I probably didn't even need to talk about this. <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, 11, five on FanDuel big ticket, but I'm happy to pay. All right. We have the U S open almost upon us. That will be starting on Thursday. So a couple of things I want to point out. One, if you have not signed up for any sort of Osimo, here's your chance to get in on golf for half off. One week, use the promo code BOGEY, B-O-G-E-Y, at checkout, and it's $4.50. That's for the whole week. Now, it's not just the four-day contest. There's also content for the weekend, which is the Saturday, Sunday, and then there's single-game contests uh, each of the four days. And we have special content and projections for all of the above. And that's something that you're not going to get in front of the paywall. So definitely want to check that out. It's worth it just to jump on in there for that. I mean, it's a, basically it's what buck 15 a day to get projections for everything golf related for all four days. Well worth it. DraftKings has a millionaire maker. It's a, a $2.3 million prize pool, $100 entry fee, million for first. They've got some ten, a $10 million prize pool, $250,000. First sponsor, Yahoo, of uh, the Early Bird Podcast, has the $25,000 PGA baller, uh, $20 entry fee. And then let's see, what is that prize break out to? It is, drum roll please, 5000 at top. Uh, 2,500 for second, and you actually double up if you finish in the top 20%. That's pretty good uh, on that one. So just just throwing that out there. Check it out. Yahoo does have CSV upload and edit. 
that will help you at least not uh, once the golf contest lock but if you change your mind or want to change your teams you can do that beforehand and then they have the three hundred fifty thousand dollar baller football version uh ten dollars 150 max entry and last week uh it was five hundred thousand and it only filled eighty percent or seventy nine percent of the way full so some value in there i don't think it's going to fill again this week but they're they're downsizing it because they're trying to break even at least on it all right on to our next game i don't know for sure who's pitching for the phillies a lot of sites are blank aaron nola popped up on one site but i do know it's jake Degrom going for the metropolitans what do you want to do with mr Degrom here um probably start him in most of the lineups where i'm not starting Derek cole <laughs> jake Degrom. Um, I, the Phillies are a good team overall, but uh, the active roster, uh, only 39 home runs against uh, against righties, uh, is 19th in the league, um, 168 ISO, 99 WRC+. Plus, so, they, again, another team that does create runs despite a lack of power, but he's probably not likely to give up a home run. Uh, if he does, there's not likely to be guys on base. Um, I don't think he's going to be in danger of allowing a big uh, free will of guys to circle the base pass with base hits. It's Jake DeGrom. 37.8% uh, strikeout rate this year. Fastball velo has gone from uh, year after year, 96 miles an hour to 97 miles an hour. This year, it's 98 miles an hour average velo. He's throwing it slightly less uh, at 44% of the time, throwing slightly more sliders. Slider and changeup are just dominant pitches for him with just immense uh, with numbers. Heavy, heavy spin fastball. He added RPMs to his uh, to his fastball. The whiff rate went up uh, from 27.1 to 36.9. Uh, 34 of his 79 strikeouts are on his four-seam four seam fastball. Overall, 21.1% swinging strike rate. Just a dominant, dominant pitcher. So, yeah, I, I can get to plenty of Jake DeGrom despite the matchup against the Phillies here. Um, he projects well for me. The price tag is very big at 11.7 on FanDuel. I prefer Cole. Uh, same thing on DraftKings, 10-4. I prefer Cole's cheap price, but I expect in a uh, easier matchup at a cheaper price, we're going to see Cole draw a lot more of that ownership. All right. And, um, yeah. I've got, so I've got two sites that now saying Nola instead of just one. Three sites saying okay. nothing. Uh, it is his turn. He had I think what might be mucking it up a little bit is the doubleheader uh, that he had on Friday or that he participated in Friday. Sometimes the sites don't do they just roll forward the night before and it, it throws off their count. So just putting that out there, but it should be him coming off a complete game shutout. The bonus of having a seven inning game. Uh, <laughs> he went the first shutout of his or complete game of his career, by the way, which it will count as a complete game 106 pitches for him he is going to be facing the Mets for the third time this season he has owned them thus far he has a 2.2 ERA 230 batting average against and even better 18 strikeouts in 12 and a third inning um, that's just phenomenal on the season 2-4 ERA 77 strikeouts in just 56 innings He's a, he is a phenomenal option. Has been pitching much better at home this year. Very, very small sample size. Um, don't want to read a ton into that, but it is actually a, mark, a market difference there. But at 9,600, I do think he is in play, even though we like the Mets a lot of the time with their much improved lineup. Um, anything else there? Shall we jump to our next one? Uh, the Mets better get it in gear in the uh, bottom of the year, the top of the eighth and the ninth because <laughs> they're not doing too well for me today. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I like Nola a lot. I do think it's going to be him. Uh, that's who came up for me as well. Uh, just pitching really, really well. Um, three dominant pitches, 
good whiff on uh, his curveball, his changeup, and his four-seamer. He's a bit more of like a balance and uh, pitch mix pitcher than a, a stuff and a spin rate kind of a guy uh, who's just got like ridiculous uh, movement on his on his pitches. But he gets it done. 13.8% uh, swinging strike rate, well above average. Uh, so just, yeah, very, very good pitcher. Mets 12th in baseball, 181 ISO, 121 WRC plus, 21.9% strikeout rate that I guess right is this year. It's a good offense. They could get to him, but I do like the Nola side of it, like you said. All right, next one, we might be looking at some of the hitters here. We've got Tariq Skubal going for Detroit against Kansas City. On the other side, we have Brady Singer, who is coming off a fine showing himself. Eight shutout innings, one hit, two walks, eight strikeouts. That's a high for him, or matches this season high for strikeouts. The only slightly concerning thing for me, 119 pitches. That's uh, about 20 more than he's gone at any other point this season. So that's an awful lot. Uh, the only thing it would make me slightly nervous if he gets a little tired around 80, wouldn't be surprised if they pull him at the end of whatever that inning is going to be and just, you know, give him a pat on the back and say, Hey, nice job. You know, here we go. But he is facing Detroit. Uh, how do you want to handle this one? Yeah, I think we can maybe get to some singer here. Uh, get a, uh, a reasonable projection for him. I like him a lot, lot better at 6,200 on DraftKings. I don't think he's in play at 8,000 on FanDuel. Um, but going up against this Tigers lineup at that 6,200 price, I think we can get to the kid for sure. Um, he had a no-hitter going in that last game. Uh, that was probably the reason he saw the inflated pitch count they were letting him chase. And I don't know what inning he carried it into, but I know it went pretty late. Um, so it was a very nice start for him last out. Uh, over his 48 and a third innings, uh, 419x fifth to his 466 ERA. So it's very real, maybe even pitching a little bit better than the uh, above the uh, above the uh, line numbers there. 52.9% ground balls this year, uh, just 9.3% soft contact. So he allows a lot of hard contact, but he keeps it on the ground, does pretty well there. 9.7% swinging strike rate, uh, sliders his main out pitch. So uh, he's got pretty good stuff. Tigers. 27.6% strikeout rate in the split against righties this year could be a very good opportunity for him. He's not the biggest strikeout guy in the world, but there are plenty of K's in that lineup. Uh, overall, they're 18th with a 164 ISO, 16% uh, below average WRC plus. So it's a nice little spot for the kid. And it's a very good price tag. So as an SP2, I definitely think we can roll with some of him. Um, and then on the other side of it, I don't uh, totally hate Scooble either. I think he's probably in play against this Royals team. Uh, his price on FanDuel, although you – yeah, well, I won't say you don't need it because they've improved their pricing a little bit lately. So the 6,400 is in play, I think, uh, over there. Uh, and then 6,500 on DraftKings. Royals are just uh, 20th in baseball with a 164 ISO against lefties. 105 WRC plus, a little bit above average. Only strike out 21.8% of the time. So it's limited upside uh, a little bit in the opportunity. But the kid's pretty good. He's allowed only four home runs. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's four home runs in 17 and a third. So he has a lot of, he has a lot of some power. 11% uh, swinging strike rate so far, though. So he does get some swinging strikes uh, with 16 to 20% swinging strikes in the minors. So decent uh, repertoire, 25% whiff on four pitches. Uh, but he's allowed some hard contact, uh, like we talked about with the home runs that I almost screwed up there. 22.7% uh, strikeout rate overall, allowing too many walks. But I think he could get away with one against these Royals. So uh, at not that big a price, good prospect, good pedigree, and uh, decent arsenal of pitches, I think we can roll with them. All right, on to our next one here. A couple question marks. We've got youngster Keegan Aiken coming in at 6,100. Of course, he's going against the Braves. Braves lineup rivals the Dodgers, the Padres, uh, the White Sox. It's just phenomenal. So this is... Uh, this one is in Baltimore. Uh, I think he's got a 5.6 implied run total against him. 
He got knocked around by uh, the Yankees in his last start. He made it two outs before they chased him. He gave up four runs, uh, three hits and a walk. Everybody came around to score. The game before that, he actually held his own against the same Yankees. Uh, no home runs allowed, four walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, had a nice showing there uh, overall. And then we've got Cole Hamels coming in. Now, here's the thing you want to know about Cole Hamels. He has not pitched this year because he's dealing with a tricep injury. And the Braves are, and this is coming from the little blurb here on his uh, DK, or the Roto World from DK. Uh, it says, Hamels is scheduled to start Wednesday's game against the Orioles. He threw three simulated innings on Friday in his final tune-up. So keep in mind, that's just three innings. I don't think he's going to go more than that. Uh, they say he's not going to, don't expect him to go deep enough into the start to qualify for the win. No kidding, Sherlock. Uh, and then it says, this is the interesting part. By their own admission, the Braves are essentially letting Hamels get his rehab starts in during games that count down the stretch in order to get him ready for the postseason. Now, this isn't going to muck up things too much. They have the, the Atlanta has the fourth best record. They're leading the AL East uh, by about three and a half games. Again, a ton of people are making the playoffs, so that's not a problem. They're behind the Dodgers and, uh, and uh, San Diego, and then they're, uh, they're tied with oh, who was, they're tied with the Cubs at 28 and 20 so they're making the playoffs no matter what they're going to be one of the top seeded teams uh no matter what so it's okay to let him go two or three innings because what's he going to do throw more simulated games that's not going to help him uh and he's sort of getting the veteran nod of yeah well you know you're not going to hurt us too bad and we'll just have the quick hook if things go sideways or or whatever so i don't want to play him I'm okay going against him because if this is basically a bullpen game, just consider him an opener. I just wanted to talk through that because some people might say, oh, that's not a bad price tag. It's Cole Hamels. He hasn't pitched yet. <laughs> so <laughs> we haven't forgotten about him and you just don't remember it. He hasn't pitched yet. So keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah, that, that's the big issue. And then yeah, even just looking at 2019, I mean, for 2019, he was the 11th percentile in exit velo allowed, 12th in hard hit rate allowed. So wasn't necessarily very, very good then anyway. So, uh, you know, 3-8-1 ERA, just looking at some of the surface numbers in his 27 starts last year. Uh, I don't have the FIP from last year in front of me, but uh, yeah, it's his season debut, like you said, and he's only going to go three. I think he can definitely roll out some of those Orioles bats. For the brief part of the game, they'll see him. Uh, they are 11th in baseball uh, with a 189 ISO against lefties, 102 WRC+. plus. Only strike out 22.5% of the time. Uh, this is the active roster, so it accounts for some time they're not being there. Uh, so I think we can definitely uh, get to some Orioles bats. They're going to get into the pen uh, after three innings. Uh, I, I think they could be a little risky for us. And then uh, Aiken on the other side, I definitely want to throw some Braves bats at him. Uh, they're not great against lefties. But he's kind of – he's a rookie. He's not a uh, huge pr uh, prospect. Uh, kind of a crafty lefty uh, type of guy, to use a traditional old baseball term. Only 92 miles an hour. Uh, gets, you know, some 11.5% uh, swinging strike. So gets some swing and miss with his uh, repertoire of junk. But uh, don't really see very much for him. I think the Braves could get to him, uh, despite the fact that they're 21st in baseball with a 158 ISO and an 87 WRC plus against lefties. They strike out a lot, 26% strikeout rate. So you could see another sneaky start like that eight strikeout performance he had against the Yankees. But I think the odds are and where I would put my chips is definitely on this Braves offense in this matchup. All right. Oh, here's a good one. 
So let's look at our next game, and then I'm going to have some fun. Uh, we Continuing the injured list returnees, we have Jake Odorizzi coming back. He has not pitched uh, since August 21st. was dealing with an abdominal issue uh, or an abdominal strain. He has an 8 ERA. He has managed to go just 10 innings. Uh, I don't want to play him against Minnesota or against the, the White Sox. On the other side, Lucas Giolito is one of our – we've got him and two other pitchers that are well worth talking about coming up. So, Terry, um, I'm sure you're going to wave off Odorizzi with me, but Lucas Giolito, 10,200 going against um, the Twins. This will be the third time he has faced them. They've kind of had his numbers. Uh, 11 – Runs allowed, nine of them earned. He's only gone eight and two-thirds innings, but he does have 11 strikeouts. I'm going to bet on his talent against the hardly ambulatory Minnesota Twins because it seems like, what was it? Two tickets? Was it Saturday? Monday? I've lost track of the days. One of the days, like, they, they scratched Marwin Gonzalez, they didn't, and they didn't have, like, three other regulars in the lineup. They're, they're pretty banged That's up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that was yesterday. It looks like they were, uh, if this is the correct lineup that I'm using, I forget whether I wrote, updated it from uh, what I had in here, but it looks like Rosario and Sano were back in the lineup tonight, I think. Um, yes, they both were. Okay. All right, so they were the, those were the two that missed yesterday, so maybe there that was just some bumps and bruises. Something called the Travis Blankenhorn is hitting seventh tonight. I don't know who that is, playing second base. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think we can bet on the Giolito side of this one. Uh, twins are fourth in baseball, 215 ISO, uh, 111 WRC plus against righties, 25.2% strikeout rate, though. I think we can work with that for sure. Uh, Giolito's just been dominant this year. 34.2% strikeout rate has increased over where he was last year in his uh, big, big breakout year. Only allowed five home runs in 60 and a third innings, 17.9% swinging strike rate. Excellent whiff on his slider to right-handed hitters. Uh, and we know that a lot of the Twins' quality comes from the right side of the plate. Um, and a lot of their strikeouts come on that side of the plate as well. So I think we could see a dominant start from Giolito here, uh, despite the good Twins offense that he's going to be facing. So I really like the spot. I'm happy to pay for it. All right. A couple more games to go here. Texas at Houston. Wait for it. Coming off the injured list, Lance McCullers. <laughs> come on down. Lance McCullers last pitch. Now, he was only been out 10 days. So he last pitched uh, on the 4th of September. He went negative. He gave up a home run, 300 runs, lasted two innings against the Angels. Uh, was dealing with a sore neck. Uh, pinched nerve is what it sounds like. So he theoretically should be good to go. This is a nice matchup for him going against Texas. He's 7,500. I am willing to roll the dice. Before he had that uh, irritated nerve, he had gone 93, 97, 97, and 86 pitches. At 7,500, if I can get 80 pitches from him against this Texas lineup, I'm good with that. What are your thoughts on him? And then Kyle Gibson against Houston for the first time this season. Somehow he's missed them. Uh, but he has just been, I don't know, tipping his pitches? Is that what we get to say now? Three Multiple home runs in three of his last four games. This has just been a, a, a two steps back, maybe even three this year for him. So I'm actually leaning towards McCullers. But Gibson's 5,900. Just throwing that out there. What would you like to do? Always tempting us with those prices. Oh. 
Yeah, Gibby's Gibby's just not been pitching well. He's a guy we've talked about a couple times, and I know some of the other guys from the site uh, like him and like some of the underlying stuff. If he could only put it together in a completely different format and become this different guy, he'd be a better pitcher, and I agree with that, but he just hasn't done it. Uh, he's up to 11 home runs in 48 and a third this year. Both hands are getting power against them. Six of those are to lefties, five to righties. Only a 9% swinging strike rate. Uh, his his uh, strikeouts are down again. They had gone up to 21.7 and then uh, 22.7 the last two years, but they're back down to around his career average of 18 at 18.4% this year. Uh, so tangling with this Astros lineup, they're just 19th in baseball with a 161 ISO, but they've got a 99 right on average, basically WRC plus. They only strike out 20.7% of the time against righties. They got Altuve back in the lineup. They're getting healthy. Uh, so I just don't want to with them not with a pitcher like this maybe small shares you let some trickle into 150 lineups with more if you're building on DraftKings just because of the price uh but there are other guys that we like better at that uh, around that price tier so don't really want any part of him totally totally agree with you about McCullers uh I think that's a great opportunity at that 7500 if he sees those 80 pitches against this lineup I expect a good start from him uh, this is a good pitcher guy that I you know have uh, have some expectations for and what he can be with the strikeouts uh 26.1 uh, yeah that is 26.1 strikeout rate uh, to a 9.3 percent walk rate for his career uh 0.71 home run per nine he's only allowed four this year in 37 and a third innings you mentioned the one came in that uh, short start uh, before he got uh, got hurt 39.5 percent sinker usage it gets hit hard but it gets hit hard into the ground uh, 62 point uh, 62 ground ball rate this year 55.3% over his career, 10% swing and miss with that, uh, down from 13.5. So he could presumably pitch a little bit better from the strikeouts out perspective. We've seen it before. And this Rangers lineup is just garbage. 73 WRC plus, 153 ISO is 24th in baseball, 24.1% strikeout rate. It's just a bad lineup. So I think we could definitely see a good start from him. If he goes beyond that 80 pitch mark, we could see a very good start for that money from him. All right, I want to move to our next game here, but I keep closing the wrong windows. Uh, crafty lefty is the operative word. We have John Lester, 7,600. He's going against Cleveland. This will be the second time he has faced them. Uh, the first time was all the way back on August 11th, so that's a full month plus between the starts. He's had, I don't know, we'll call it a marginal season at this point. Key thing, strikeouts down a little bit. Home runs ticking up a little bit. He'd be on pace to give up about 40 this year. Uh, so no great shakes, but we are getting uh, reasonable pitches approaching 90 or even approaching 100. 97, 67, 93, 93, 77, 92, 93, 89, 76 were all of his starts this season. So at least on a pitch per dollar, we're going to get a little something from him. And then Aaron Savali, on the other hand, 8,600, then a whole lot of, yeah, the numbers are okay, the fantasy numbers are not great. He has a 388 ERA, 1.16 whip. He's got 100, 100, 100, 103, 95, 109, 96, 97, 106, 100 pitches. We're not going to get gypped on that. But the fantasy performances, it's just, they're not there. I can't figure out what's wrong because he's got a strikeout per inning. Seven home runs. It just, it's a whole lot of mediocrity. Oh, no. He's even getting a few wins here and there. I don't know what it is, Terry. 14, 16, 3, 19, 33, 10, 20, 22, 26. 
Those are his fantasy points. So, I mean, they're solid, but not spectacular. I don't know what to do with him in this matchup. Should we be afraid of the Cubbies? Um, yeah, it, you know, it, I kind of get a projection that fits right into that. I don't really know what to do yeah. with him. Well, <laughs> I don't uh, want to play the Cubs. <laughs> I don't want to play Savali. It's going to be uh, 75 at first pitch. Slight cross breeze is what they're projecting. No implied or no runs just yet because it's uh, Wrigley Field. And we don't get them till about 10 or 11 in the morning of the game. But yeah, I don't want to say it's a stay away, but now I'm okay. If it's not a stay away, what are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, dangling over the pit of acid and a uh, gun to my head, do I play Savale, do I not? Yeah, I think I can get to him, I guess. Uh, what he does do is he gets some ground balls, 45.8% uh, grounders. It's up from last year, which was around 40%, higher than several of his seasons in the minors. So it's kind of a new trend for him. 11.1% uh, swinging strike rate, 22.1% uh, strikeout rate for his career, 0.86 home runs per nine. So we're going to rely on him to limit some of that power. 23.8% strikeout rate this year with a 4.3% walk. So hopefully not putting any guys on base for us. You mentioned the quality whip. 116 is pretty good. Limits opportunities overall. I think maybe we can get away with one here. Uh, I, I don't love the spot, obviously. Uh, and neither does my model. It's not projecting like crazy for me. But in that like middle-ish price tier, I think he's one of the better overall options. Uh, Cubbies are overall eighth in baseball. Uh, 189 ISO against righties. Uh, 99 WRC plus puts them right around average 25.5% strikeout rate. So there will be some strikeouts there for them, hopefully, but they do have a little bit of patience. So it's going to be their patience against his ability to limit the walks is probably going to be a key factor here in how many opportunities they generate with uh, runners and scoring position guys on base. Uh, so with some caution, uh, much like the other pitcher on this, in this game, I'll probably roll out a little bit of Savali. Lester on the other side, Hit me up tomorrow in Slack on Twitter, something like that. Ask what I'm going to do with Lester tomorrow and do the opposite because I always get Lester wrong. He does not treat me well. Um, I like the price. I like the idea that he's going to eat some innings for us here. The Indians are just 26th in baseball with a 141 ISO against lefties this year, 15% below average in creating runs. They only strike out 20.2% of the time, uh, so they're good at limiting the strikeouts against southpaws. We know what we're getting from Lester. He's not a very good strikeout pitcher anymore. Um, he's allowed more home runs over the last each of the last three years progressively. So the uh, home runs increasing that you mentioned is part of a trend that we've seen go on. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. The swinging strikes went from 10.9 to 8.5 to 9.0, down to 7.5% this year. So he's not getting a lot of swing and miss. You're not going to get a big strikeout game from him, but you might get like a seven inning, not give up too many runs kind of performance that can get you by. Um, so again, it's a dice roll with Lester as it pretty much always is. All right. Next game, Dylan Bundy. I like Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy's been great this year. Headed into the season. We talked about how many home runs he always gives up. He is allowed four this year in 58 innings. That is phenomenal. Uh, he also has 67 strikeouts in those those innings. He's going against Arizona, generally a wa watered-down lineup, I guess. Uh, got some serious guys slumping. Um, it's they're, they're Outside of Cole Calhoun, who somehow found plate discipline this year, he's got a 300 ISO and I think a 16% walk rate against righties this year. How the hell did that happen? He's a strikeout artiste. But, uh, yeah, we've got Dylan Bundy here. 
On the other side, Caleb Smith, 5,800. I'm interested in him. He's made two starts, one before getting COVID, one after. The one after was against the Mariners. He went three innings, uh, faced 12 batters, three strikeouts, went 40 pitches, one walk, one hit. The hit turned out to be a home run. I'm still okay with him going against the Angels at 5,800. I'm hoping for 50, 55 pitches, but we know he does have the strikeout upside. So we'll, you know, that, that could be one of those. He makes it similar to what he did here. He goes three or four innings, gets four or five strikeouts, gives up a run, survives. I'm okay with that, uh, just for a little bit of differentiation uh, on this one. Um, but Bundy at 9,100, that's right up there with Giolito and some of the uh, and uh, Degrom and Cole and Nola. So we got a lot of good pitching on this slate. Yeah, that's a great spot and a, a, an underpriced to, to me. That's a mistake. Uh, that's something I think we can take advantage of against this Diamondbacks team. They are not very good. Uh, 20th in baseball with a 160 ISO against righties, 16% below average creating runs. They only strike out 21.2% of the time against righties, which is their biggest asset here. Uh, I think Bundy could put up a heck of a good start uh, for that price. I really like that. I'd be tempted to just, as one of my first builds, just playing around with things, click Bundy and Cole as my first two clicks and then see what bats I can put together just starting from those two pay-up pitchers and just see if I can get a dominant pitching performance if there's any bats that I can afford with that. Um, could be an interesting way to look at the slate a little bit differently because I really like both of those prices on these starters and they're higher price starters. So going to dictate the going to be dictated a little bit by uh, what Alex sees with the popularity and everything there, but you hit it on the head. Uh, Bundy's just been pitching great. 13.7% swinging strike, strike rate uh, this year, up from 12.8 last year. Excellent whiff rate on his slider to uh, right-handed hitters. 32 of his 67 strikeouts this year have come on that slider. Uh, 12 strikeouts last time out against the Rangers. Just a very, very good pitcher right now. A kid who really hit his upside and hit his potential after uh, getting out of Baltimore. So good to see. Really happy for him. Uh, and I think we can definitely weaponize him tomorrow. And then uh, on the other side, I think you're right. The, the 5,800 price tag definitely puts Smith in play. We hope we get like four innings out of them. And uh, yeah, the strikeout upside is very real. It's there for sure. Uh, the Angels, 23.2% strikeout against lefties. So there are some strikeouts. Only a 152 ISO in the split uh, this year and a 77 WRC+. plus. So they're not very good against lefties here. Uh, I think he could uh, put up a good start. Before he went uh, went out, he was at 15.4% uh, swinging strike rate. Uh, so uh, last year was 12.6. Again, that's super limited. It's only like six innings. But, uh, hey, we'll take what we can get as a sample here. So I think we could get uh, squeeze enough juice out of him at, the, at that low, low price and uh, get something from him. All right, so here's what we do. Garrett Cole, Dylan Bundy, they come in combined for 19000 Put in Michael Brantley, who's 3300 for some inexplicable reason on DraftKings. I went and looked. Power is marginal. He uh, is on pace for like 22 home runs if this was a full season, uh, but he's hitting 300. So, yeah, I'll take him at 3300 That gives us thirty nine fifty seven per per hitter. And that so basically four grand per hitter, plenty to work with here. We get a cheap yeah. catcher or another cheap outfielder, of which there are a couple I can see right now. Brent Gardner batting somewhere or batting anywhere except leadoff uh, at twenty nine hundred. Come on, that was I'm, funny, Brent Gardner. Anywhere but leadoff. That was from yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, you got me wrapped up looking at these Astros prices now. That I clicked back over to them while you said that. I mean. 
just taking from what you said there, right? You can take Brantley 3,300, Jose Altuve 3,400, Kyle Tucker 4,200, Carlos Correa 4,400. I've just built you an Astro stack that works with with Garrett Cole and Dylan Bundy as your two. Oh. That's pretty darn good. There That's we are. One last potential game. I don't know if it's going to be on here, but if you guys remember back to Sunday, we were a little worried about the 49ers. Why were we worried about the 49ers in Arizona game, Terry? Uh, I was worried about it because I foolishly picked the 49ers in the survivor pool that we were doing, and I am now out of that survivor <laughs> pool. <laughs> but I thought I was being really clever by picking a game that people wouldn't pick because of the conditions uh, in the air out there. I'm worried about getting the uh, game canceled with all the uh, California being on fire. So like Washington State is. It shouldn't shock anybody to know that on Tuesday, the uh, Giants and Mariners game was canceled, except for the fact that this game was in Seattle. Seattle also has uh, air quality issues because there are forest fires up and down the West Coast. Uh, these are not threatening Seattle proper like they are, oh, say, in, in uh, uh, Portland. But the fires in Washington and Portland, the smoke combined is already reaching out almost to Hawaii. So with the way it's blowing. So the wind, the air quality in, in Seattle has just been horrible uh, for the last few days. It's not glowing orange like it was. Uh, it's just gray, but it's not overcast gray. It's smoky gray. So they have now moved this series to San Francisco where just 70 hours ago, we were worried about the air quality there. This is like the most 2020 thing we've ever seen in 2020, which is hard to do. Yet somehow 2020 manages to top itself literally at every turn of the calendar but uh it looks like it's gonna be on this dk slate they have the game in here they haven't pulled it and they've got a banner not on the contest but on another page that says hey here are the games that are seven innings so i think they're gonna play we just don't know who the pitchers are gonna be so we we can't tell for sure it's supposed to be tyler anderson on tuesday night but he may pitch the the afternoon game he may get the night game we we just we don't know what's gonna happen here so uh just wanted to point out though that wouldn't you know we're going back to we're changing we can't play here the air quality so let's go to the other city that oh wait had air quality issues i don't know anymore terry i don't know and and you know what i'm realizing too the championship series and the world series are all taking place in california or no i'm sorry the championship series are taking place in california uh the alcs is one is in petco and one is in uh, dodger stadium and then the world series is going to be in texas so that's an interesting scheduling decision to put the championship series in the state that's actively on fire interesting baseball 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 in 2020 all right so there we are got you guys through everything uh coming up uh you know we're we're this is it's on hump day like i said we're, we're turning the calendar thursday night baseball or thursday night baseball, thursday night football right around the corner we've got some interesting scheduling here so just hitting on that real quick um thursday is a day similar to today a bunch of early games but there is going to be a seven game uh, later slate so or main slate so that we've got that going for us friday there's a couple four o'clock games a five o'clock game and then there's a whole host uh and, and that's some catching up on double headers and then there's just a plethora of games at seven o'clock so that's going to be our biggest slate i hesitate to throw out which ones because they're going to have time to to pull some of these uh double headers and not put them in that main slate so we don't have any issues and then saturday we've got a four o'clock three six o'clock and then everybody else is playing between seven and nine 
that's going to be a really exciting slate. It's going to be like EPL, everything literally going off at the same time. That should be fun. And then this Sunday um, is our second to last Sunday. But we want to remember that on the 27th, which 12 days away, 11 days away, that's our last day of regular season baseball. Everybody's playing at three, between three and 320 um, for that. So uh, hockey is uh, chugging along. They are on... Uh, about to to head to their championship game. I don't. Are they calling it the Stanley Cup this year, or are they calling it the championship? They're going to call it the Stanley Cup, right? So they're, um, yeah. So that's they're the least. I mean, it's the most traditional of all the uh, championships, but it's the one that's got like the wackiest history. That's the easiest one to call the traditional championship, for my money. Yes. Promo. <laughs> so we've got uh, they're on an every other day schedule at this point as they finish up uh, the Eastern Finals. So right now, um, Tampa Bay and New York are playing. Uh, I don't know. That game's not done yet. So we're still waiting to see if they'll still play on Tuesday or Thursday. And then the last thing we want to talk about is NBA. Today, uh, as we record this, we're getting the, the last game of the two-game slate, the final two-game slate of the year. We are going to have no games on Wednesday. And then we are going to be going uh, pretty much every day with alternating between Miami and Boston and then whoever wins tonight's game of Denver and the Clippers will be going against Los Angeles. That first game will be on Friday and then everybody alternates through no games on Monday. There we are. Phew, lots of stuff. And Saturday NASCAR and Sunday football. So in the US Open. Did you mention that? Oh, there? Thursday, yes. U.S. Open. Promo code BOGEY gets you, B-O-G-E-E-Y, gets you uh, half off one week of Osmo Golf. That's $4.50, buck 15 a day. They get you projections for the single games, uh, slates, the full slate, and the weekend slate for all sides that do that. There we are. There's got to be a race of some kind going on out there in the world. What else is going on? Uh, Tell us. I'm 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 running out here. Uh, fishing contest, perhaps we can get some. Uh... <laughs> Do they even have the Pro Bass Tour anymore? I don't remember. Bassmasters? Yeah, I know Bassmasters. Do you ever watch their weigh-ins? <laughs> Seriously, like... they're hilarious. <laughs> they they so they go into like it's I it's not an auditorium, but it, they drive. They drive their boats, which are on on a trailer. So they bring them in on a car. The boat's on a trailer. They're holding up the big fish, and then they weigh, you know, however many they're counting that that time or whatever. And it's like this big production. It's like a cross between, uh, like a, a stampede rodeo type thing, and I don't even know what I I, what, I happened across it many years ago, but I was like what is this it's almost like there's ring card girl or um yeah ring card girls yeah uh it's just it's it's bizarre i've never seen anything like it and then they're all wearing all the sponsor stuff from head to toe of course (laughs) yeah they probably do it at whatever the nearest what outdoor bass fishing shop or uh, is or whatever (laughs) i don't think they have capellas anymore but whoever is is uh bass masters i guess is the, the one but Anyway, all right. So last call here. New York 20, Toronto Blue Jays 6. The Yankees may not be the highest scoring team of the night. Milwaukee 18. Oh, was that just a 7 in the game? Milwaukee 18, uh, the Cardinals 3. No, that's a 9 inning game. Yeah, so. Another frisky outburst for the Brewers. They had one the other day, too. Yeah, 
Jack Flaherty gave up nine. Woodford gave up five. Comiskey gave up three. And Chris Matt is pitching now. He's given up. Oof. Ouch. And the, the Yankees outscored the Giants. The New York Giants. Yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> all right. There you go, gamers. That's going to give it all to you. Tune in. We've got uh, five hours of DFS content on the YouTube channel. Hit that like. Subscribe. And, of course, the notification bell. With that, gamers, good luck.